what's going on guys um this is anthony anthem here and i just wanted to take a moment to tell you about something that can really change your life something that is so fulfilling i'm talking about blue apron blue apron has some of the freshest ingredients and beautiful recipes that are delivered to your door by the box get you um get yourself the new deal that we have going on for blue apron and that is get sixty dollars off of three boxes that means you save twenty dollar per box and then on top of that you also have meal setups that are easy to make and can be done in less than 15 minutes and cooked properly with the right seasoning and the right ingredients. That's why you need to go to blueapron.com with our promo, Delivery Bros. That's D-E-L-I-V-E-R-Y-B-R-O-S. And you can start saving some money and try out Blue Apron. Blue Apron, some of the best food in the whole entire world. Now with that, on to our show. So, I am Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. Black Fabio, a.k.a. Midnight Marauder, a.k.a. Sexual Chocolate, a.k.a. Who's that guy? La, 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 la. Oh, okay, I'm just kidding. But um, we have a special guest today. He is a uh, prominent business owner. Um, he also does his business with his wonderful wife, who unfortunately could not be with us today. Um, gentlemen, would you like to go ahead and um, state your name? My name is Jared Wisnett, and I am the one of the co-owners of Build Up Import Hobby. That is correct. And that's off 23rd Street in Independence, Missouri, right next to the Happy Greek and Cherries. And also, um, what's the name of that place? The Stitching Post. I go there to fix my shirts all the time because I'm fat, and sometimes I need maintenance on my stuff. Now, <laughs> you and the entire civil service and police force, the stitching post just brings it for everyone, for sure. But yes, this episode is on local businesses, and I met this gentleman about a week ago. I've talked to his wife as well. We actually were trying to do a podcast a couple of days ago, but unfortunately, due to technical issues... We're back. (laughs) (laughs) You missed all of our grand pontificating and all the intellectual debates we had. I won't even say I'm an intellectual. (laughs) I'm I'm more like average. Like, I'm like just one step above being in the special classes. So, I mean, I'm not wearing a helmet today, so I guess I'm doing good. Would that be like the medium-sized bus? I I mean, about that. About that, yeah, medium-sized. That's not too bad of a bus to be on. (laughs) Actually, yeah. And plus, there's a lot of space, too, in their seatbelts. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't need all the extra equipment in there. Uh, to anybody that was in a remedial class, I'm not making fun of you. I'm making fun of myself. Always, yeah. Anytime we make fun of anything, we're probably making fun of ourselves. <laughs> so, yes. Um, so, how's it been going, man? Uh, it's not too bad. We've been uh, we've been open for two months now. Actually, a few weeks over two months. Business has been really good to us. Independence has been very good to us. Uh, everything has been moving really smoothly. Uh, business honestly couldn't be better for what we projected this early on. So we were happy with the location we chose. Uh, models and toys, tools, uh, and the snacks and candies we deal in all are selling pretty much universally. We don't have any section that's really weak currently. So. 
thank you independence for all your help thus far and we're looking forward to keeping you know keeping this all going but mm-hmm. i really don't have any complaints at all i mean since we got here it's been nothing but welcoming and fairly smooth sailing which that's good from what we researched and what we heard we could it could always be worse <laughs> I will say this, like, you got people from Kansas coming all the way over here. Yeah, we uh, during our uh, couple of weeks, we've actually had two or three groups from all the way out in Topeka is probably the furthest Good we've had people driving grief. all the way out here. Uh, yeah, and they did it in this weather, which as anybody who knows, Missouri weather has just been a nightmare. Oh my gosh, a nightmare to work for, man. I walked outside the other day, man, the wind hit me so dang hard, I thought I owed him money. <laughs> <laughs> you, you may have. I mean, we had those last, like, five or six winters that basically didn't happen, and I definitely feel like we're paying for the couple of years of easy running we had during these few months. I was like, oh, you thought you guys were cool, huh? All right, let me show you a little something. <laughs> yeah. Bam! <laughs> Came back with a vengeance, and it doesn't look like it's going to be stopping anytime soon either. I don't want no more snow. I can't handle it. The snow, the cold, the way it is on our vehicles. I just, everything about it is just money and time. The potholes, the roads. I mean, they did all this work the last couple of years getting our roads so nice and taking advantage of the mild winters, and now the roads are just potholed and destroyed Ugh. again. I know, and apparently they're still working on it. They're like, Kansas City um, Kansas City MDOT workers are working hard on the roads. I was like, I wish they'd take care of my roads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, uh, anytime you live on any of the smaller side roads, you just basically second-class citizen when it comes to public service stuff. I know. It's just, it's been so horrible this year. Like, literally, it's getting to the point where I'm wondering, I'm going to sink into a um, sink into a hole like it's Florida or something. <laughs> like, I want them sinkholes or something like that. I mean, to be fair, I'm still surprised every week that I, that I wake up or, you know, every day that I wake up that Florida has not sunken into the ocean in some grand, grand catastrophe yet. Unfortunately, it's going to happen eventually. <laughs> I mean, that is actually how it works. I mean, one day or another, it will go underwater. It won't be probably like dramatically all at once, but slowly but surely. Well, I mean, Florida's already a sinking hole in its own way. <laughs> 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 On a positive note, we've made it a retirement home state. So, you know, it'll eventually they'll all have beachfront property. <laughs> I guess so. But every time I hear something from Florida, it's like, Florida man <laughs> ate another Florida man's face the other day. Florida is where both my fiance and I look to for the weirdest news in the United States. Anytime we see something in Florida, we're like, that sounds about right. That's I heard there's a podcast for that. I, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, <laughs> I, first off, it has bios and all kinds of crazy things. I mean, Florida is not this safe area we tend to think it is, even with all the retirement stuff. And it's on that peninsula with all the crazy weather and the retirement communities. I mean, it's a recipe for crazy. I mean, well, yeah. I mean, sure. Boca Raton, okay, yeah, you'll be fine. It's just retired old people and families yeah, right but you go to like jacksonville or miami you go to like carson city or something like that uh yeah that's where it's all gonna start like okay let's get a little flocka a little bath salts <laughs> oh by the bath salts that florida really had it with the bath salts there for a minute didn't they yeah oh yeah they have a huge drug epidemic going on down there i i wasn't aware that it had, i mean i guess that's one of the big delivery places for oh yeah like yeah. flocka um which is pretty much like the zombie drug it's becoming very, very popular down there, and down south, and it's starting to travel up here. Oh, man. I, I, I mean, I'm always just baffled by how those kind of things become popular among the drug culture. Like, are people just always waiting for, like, a new drug to, like, just go down the rabbit hole? I mean, a lot of the things with Flocka is it's cheaper to make. Uh, it's, like, they're getting a lot of ingredients from, like, China and stuff like that. I was watching a documentary on it. They're getting a lot of ingredients from China, and then, of course, they'll mix it with some of the local supply or whatever. To get the equivalent of what it makes meth look like it's a 
little cough syrup drug or something like that for kids. Yeah. Wow. That, that stuff is, is so intense. Like, it's caused a lot of domestic disputes around Florida. <laughs> Which Bec- also doesn't sound out of out I mean, of well, I mean, it's Florida. Florida. <laughs> domestic disputes sound I, about like normal, but. <laughs> I mean, and I say this as a person that lived in Florida. I got a family members down there and everything. I'm not hating on Florida. Like, there's a lot of good folks in Florida and everything. No, but my, uh, both my parents lived there for a while. They love it. They want to go back to it. So, I mean, no hating on Florida for anything besides the weirdness. But Missouri has our I mean, Missouri, Missouri has our own back, backwoods mess. Yeah. But we've been like that for centuries. <laughs> and we aren't going to change anytime soon. It's like, you know what? And I know Napoleon was thinking, like, I have a feeling about this. You know, I'm probably going to sell this. <laughs> hey, yo, Louisiana Purchase, you guys want this? You guys can have it. Just pay up the francs and let's go. <laughs> The, the French do like to pawn off all of their potential future messes on other countries when given the option. Shoot, I guess he had a foresight or something. He was just like, you know what? Hey, just pay me this much. I was like, I want $1 million. Okay, here you go. Thank you. Bye. All right. Good can luck. You, oh, man, can you imagine if we had stayed French territory? Like if that if the Lafayette purchase had never happened and we just stayed, or a Louisiana purchase for Lafayette territories. I mean, I can't even imagine if we were like a little mini French nation in the middle of My the Like, ho, yeah. Like, man, we would have been like, um, I think we probably would have been something like Louisiana or something like that. I would think so. I mean, technically, yeah. Lafayette County's right there. I actually grew up a little bit in Lafayette County, and that's named for a French general and everything. He's like, do you want the wine? Do you want the women? We must do this now. We'd, we'd have we the c- military victories, at least. Oh, yeah. I mean, sure, this is Ash Wednesday right now. We're supposed to be getting holy um, on Ash Wednesday because Fat Tuesday was yesterday. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I didn't even... Oh, yeah. Like, they were partying. Like, I got a friend who was partying it up last night in, um, in New Orleans. It was like, oh, yeah, it's crazy out here. He's drinking fish bowls <laughs> and hand grenades and something like that. I'm just like, those both seem like like the death of my liver. <laughs> yeah, I, I've never done a fishbowl drink before, but even just looking at it would probably make me go, oh, man, I am not waking up anytime tomorrow. Oh, you know, okay, I remember one time, okay. Okay, I had a friend. And I love her. Hi, Cat. How you doing, girl? <laughs> and we, um, she called me because um, she went out and party with some friends, right? She was super wasted. She needed a ride home. And, of course, I don't want my friend driving drunk home or whatever. No, always a smart move, yeah. So I decided to go pick her up. I picked her up at this place down in Blue Springs. Like, you know that area near, like, the Applebee's down there on 7 Highway? Oh, was it um, Trouser Mouse? I think it was Trouser Mouse. It was like yeah. one of those bars over there. It's usually either Trouser Mouse or if it's Grain Valley, it's Whiskey Tango. And if oh, don't God, don't get me started on the Whiskey Tango store. <laughs> that, that is apparently the most infamous thing is Whiskey Tango. Oh, God. It, I mean, it's like one of those things you just got to see once. It was like the most ratchet hot mess I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the drinks were cheap, though. <laughs> that's probably where the That's a good place from. if you want to go get in a bar fight. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I also think they're open a bit later than most bars. Oh, yeah, they're open until 3 a.m. Yeah, so they tend to get the already really wasted but want to keep drinking crowd, which is oh, always yeah. the crowd that's going to end weird at night. Oh. It's like they play a mixture of hip-hop and country. <laughs> so you get depressing music and hype music and maybe a little metal here or there. And it's just like you got buck farm boys ready to fight and everything. All up in this place. They spin tobacco everywhere and stuff like that. And like, you want something to say, partner? No, I ain't got nothing to say. I just came here to drink and chill. And I kid you not, I graduated from Grand Valley. That It is a country bar through and through, but they have learned to dabble in the fact that they're kind of on the border with a lot of different cultures. But yes. You'll never get rid of that country culture at its core, so it's always fun 
even if it's not necessarily the best time. I'm not going to even lie, though. It's kind of weird seeing people line dancing to Nelly or something like that. <laughs> the great mixing pot of America when you can line dance to Nelly. When you can line dance to Nelly. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was picking up my friend, right? So I was down there. And I pick her up, right? I'm getting ready to pick her up. I go on the bar or whatever. I was just like, hey, I'm just here to pick up a friend. I'm getting the hell out. They're like, all right, cool. Just take about five, ten minutes and then hurry up. All right, so I go up, and there she is in front of an empty fishbowl. <laughs> like, and it was huge. It was like a medium-sized fishbowl. Like, I'm glass. she drank that whole thing by herself. I was like, what the fuck, cat? What the hell are you doing? She was like, I, I got thirsty. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. Like, that's just like, you want to know what? It was $10 fishbowls that night. Oh, Jesus. Yes, and I watched one of them pour something. It was like, they pouring, like, triple sec in there. They pouring a whole bunch of everything. And I was just like, which one did you have, the blue motherfucker? I was like, okay, this is a, oh, God, the blue motherfucker. I know what a blue motherfucker is. And she drank a whole fishbowl of blue motherfucker. I don't even know what blue motherfucker is, but holy crap. Oh, oh, get you fucked up. That's all I got to say. I, I assume, yeah, it makes a big promise with its name. So. I was just like, this sounds like. Samuel Jackson bitch slapping you <laughs> the next morning. <laughs> He'd probably wake up hungover from that. That seems right. I mean, he's, he's almost, is he 70 or almost a 70-year-old man? He probably can still take it, yeah. Oh, uh, I don't even know how old Samuel Jackson is. He up there in age, though, because, I mean, he's been acting since the 70s. Yeah, I know he had to, I, I'm only even dabbling in this because I read a review for Captain Marvel, and, of course, Samuel Jackson plays pretty prominently in it, and they uh, digitally redid his face to make him look like he's, you know, in his late 20s kind of thing. Right. And, and it looks fantastic, but at the same time, I'm like, man, Samuel Jackson has been around forever. I mean, he's just uh, almost a staple kind of thing. It's going to be oh, one of those yeah. things whenever... And God forbid this ever happens anytime soon. Whenever Samuel Jackson passes away, it's going to be like a time of national mourning again. Oh my gosh, he's a national treasure. Yeah, easily, easily, easily. I mean, you can't. I mean, anybody who's grown up has seen Samuel Jackson in everything, whether they like it or not. Everything. Literally. Man, he's probably showing up in a couple pornos. We don't know. <laughs> you mean I, I would never put it past the man? He probably classes up the porno, honestly. It was like, all right, motherfuckers, what are we doing today? <laughs> So, Sam, you're going to lay next to the fireplace. Maybe look at that uh, Family Guy episode. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to know what man could give sexual tips to Samuel L. Jackson at that age. He'd be like, motherfucker, I know exactly how to lay down this woman. You think I haven't laid down a woman in my life? You know what? Out of the way. Let me handle this. He's like, first of all, motherfucker, <laughs> this is what you need to do. <laughs> do, you, do you think even he could resist doing his own, like, parody voices to people sometimes? I sometimes I know he's like, man, I'm tired of it. Like everybody always gonna call me Senor Motherfucking Jackson. It's like, it's L. I know sometimes he's just like, I don't mind doing it, but at the same time, when did motherfucker become my thing? It's not like I invented the word motherfucker. No. <laughs> he had to take it from Wesley Snipes though. After Blade Three, Wesley Snipes was gunning for it being his only word ever. <laughs> I mean, shoot, motherfucker's just been a staple in the black community for a long time. It's just like when you think of the word motherfucker, though, the first thing that comes to your mind is a Samuel Jackson voice. I mean, that, that's the way to say it. And somehow if you say it in Samuel Jackson tone or voice or thing, it somehow is less offensive. It somehow doesn't seem to trigger the same. If anything, it makes you kind of happy. Yeah, and, and people actually seem to find it collectively funny. Like anybody who would just drop the full-on mother 
all the way through. Everybody turns and looks like, wow, you just really went too far. But you just kind of Samuel Jackson a little bit to keep that hard G off the end, and suddenly everybody thinks you're just the funniest man in the world. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, if I think, okay, I remember actually this um, when I was doing a, um, I was doing the stand-up routine, and I was like, what is your fantasy wedding? Samuel Jackson as the minister of the reception. <laughs> I mean, get the point across and you'll never forget it. Do you, motherfucker, take this bitch to be your left <laughs> I would want him to read the vows. I would say, like, normally we'd say our own vows, but we feel like with someone, it'd be like a... Uh, Morgan Freeman. You'd have to have Morgan Freeman say your vows just because it's Morgan Freeman's voice. Right. Something for Samuel L. Jackson. You just could not have him read them. And it was the time that I saw you in the lights that made me realize that she was the one. And that's how Samuel L. Jackson steals your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's where the, that all goes to hell. Yeah, okay, so if you could have anybody narrate your life, who would narrate your life? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um... That's a really, really hard one without going to, like, any of the usual staples, once again, like Samuel Jackson, Morgan Freeman, any of um, – mm. who else do we usually do that has the big, booming voice? Um, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yeah, Will Ferrell has a very distinctive voice. He Once again, though, I'd, I'd almost think that he would just inherently make it funny no matter how hard you were trying to keep it serious. Like That is very true. I mean, and to be fair, I don't think I'd ever want to give Will Ferrell anything if he couldn't do some kind of joke out of it to some degree. I mean, shoot, it'll be a hilarious one. That's for sure. Right. Um, crap. Who I think I he's to? really funny, honestly. Will Ferrell? No, yeah. I, I think he's absolutely fantastic. I, there's actually very few movies where he is the p- part of the movie I don't enjoy. A lot of times I can watch a movie that has him in it and find everything else not funny, and Will Ferrell will always kind of bring it home for his portion of what I he agree. can do. You know, he's doing, a, um, he's doing the Ron Burgundy podcast. <laughs> is he? Oh, my gosh, it's so bad. It's funny. Oh, my God. Uh, I, I actually own his uh, the Ron Burgundy book. Oh, my gosh, you have the book. Yeah, my fiancé got it because Anchorman was one of our, like, date movies that we first kind of, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, Anchorman's one of those movies where you can show it to your significant other or who's going to be your significant other, and if they find it funny and they connect with you on it, they're probably a keeper because Anchorman yes. is a very unique sense of humor. It was just like, man, he was like, it's like, girl, like Ron Burgundy, your girl's ass is like, um, ass is like, I forgot what he said, something about like her, her ass is like exotic or something <laughs> like that. It's like, Ron, aren't you gonna say anything? Well, when you have an ass like the North Star, baby, wise men follow. <laughs> I was just like, what? the? Oh, I'll never get over his great owns ravens. It's something. Oh yeah, one of the things he responds to, he always has the great, and then says something surprisingly intelligent. Great owns raven. I'm like. You are dumb, and that is a surprisingly clever reference to have. I know, just like, wow. <laughs> he is a national treasure. He, he is, to some degree, in a weird way, like almost like an uh, embarrassed uncle that you still don't want to quite get rid of because he makes the family get together not totally something you want to avoid. He had this podcast where, like, basically he was trying to sound like, you know, making up a murderer <laughs> or something like that. He was just like, oh, let's go ahead and talk, tell this story. Well, as we dug into um, to the research of the story, we found out that the man was known other than Ted Bundy, and we found out where, he, like, like literally, he was telling like this whole story in less than a minute. He was just like, "Oh, that was a really intense one." And <laughs> I was just like, 
Oh man. Oh yeah, you gotta watch that, bro. Oh man, he, he's amazing order, and I and now that I know, I'm definitely gonna have to have it because, like I said, Anchorman will always go down as one of my favorite movies, and the Rob Burgundy novel was hilarious. Just all of that stacked on. I mean, he's that character. That character will go down, and I sometimes wonder if that old Anchorman character will survive much into like the modern era for kids and things like that as a joke, or will Anchorman be something our generation kind of falls with? I just feel like that was. I think that's one of his best roles. Everybody would say, like, not at the Roxbury. It was like, what well, was cool or whatever. But it was like his best, like, I feel like one of my favorite movies is the Anchorman, like, series. Like, I like those movies. Oh, yeah. No, I'd say Anchorman was probably one of his big, his first movie that he kind of led directly. Because while not at the Roxbury, it was great. It was still very much earlier oh, yeah, was a on classic. in his career. And Chris Kattan was, of course, opposite him, which, by the way, I don't know what happened to Chris Kattan, but he was also really hilarious. Oh, yes. He had so many good movies in the 90s. Um, Did you ever see Undercover Brother? Yes. Oh, man, Undercover Brother. To this day, still knocks. I, I love Undercover Brother in general. That movie was hilarious. Okay, I love Eddie Griffin. Oh, yeah, and spy comedies. I love spy. I, mean, get sm- I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't like the newest Get Smart as much as I liked the classic series, but it definitely triggered a lot of the Get Smart spy parody stuff that I just I'm, absolutely love. I'm not going to lie. I feel like Steve Carell is kind of underrated. I, I feel like he did, and he kind of had a little moment, and then he's kind of fallen back to the wayside again. And I feel like Get Smart was actually a pretty decent reinterpretation of the series. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it had to hit all the Hollywood comedy action movie marks because that's how things work. But Oh, yeah, spoiler alert. I'm not going to lie. I couldn't believe they made The Rock the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that may have been one of my favorite parts because The Rock was still the only nice guy to him throughout the almost entire movie despite being a bad guy. <laughs> I know. I was just like, I love you, Rock. I'm not even mad that you're a bad guy right now. <laughs> That's how I felt in Doom, too, whenever he got infected and like became kind of the big bad. I'm like, I still kind of like you better than all the other characters. And yes. even with Carl Urban, who I also really enjoy as an actor quite a bit. And you know, it's weird. that was a terrible movie. It was a terrible movie, but to be fair, Doom isn't exactly a game you go see for the plot line or play for the plot line. Doom is pretty much what that movie was trying to be. It's just when you take away the shooting yourself, it kind of loses some effect. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, they tried, but why Why did we ever need a Doom movie to begin with? I mean, anyway, they should have did Duke Nukem. <laughs> Duke Nukem could not have been done in the current climate. <laughs> oh, no, they just need to do it. Just bad anti-feminist <laughs> jokes and... Oh, man, I mean... Ball he, kicking. Hail to the king, baby. I mean, technically, he had a lot of that good old uh, Ash from Army of Darkness and uh, the Evil Dead movies in him, for sure. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm still amazed that Ash survived to this day. I mean, Ash versus Evil Dead as the season kept going, and that kind of boisterous... Uh, what were we talking about on the uh, failed uh, podcast? The Chad, the, the modern-day douche. Right. And uh, technically, Ash was one of the earliest douche main characters. Duke Nukem was a parody of the early douche main characters. That is very true, because he came at a time where it was like, it was raunchy to have Duke Nukem. And now it's just like, Duke Nukem was so mild when they tried to do that reboot of him. I'm just like, this is not going to work. Oh, man, you can go back and play those games, and the humor will still be funny to you if you get 90s humor, but you, the whole point of 90s humor was it was kind of bad. It was kind of pointlessly raunchy. I don't know. It never made a lot of sense. I mean, especially when you're having a shootout in a strip club With and the OG games. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it was just, at the time, okay, that was actually great. Cause it, was like, it was one of those games that, like, you had to hide from the parents. Like, yo, I brought, I brought this from my friend next door or something like that. And you're just like, yes, this is going to be so awesome. I'm going to see boobs. There's going to be cussing. There's going to be smoking and drinking. And now it's just like, oh, this is just another thing now. Oh, right. I mean, as a kid, we were like, oh, we get to go into strip clubs, something that's you know forbidden and even adults don't like to do. And we get to, like, try and offer them money. And it was such a big thing, even though it's just a little graphic. And 
just the uh, kids everywhere acting like it was the greatest thing since sliced bread because they got to see pig, very bad pixelated boobies. <laughs> and then Grand Theft Auto came and it just changed the whole existence of video games. <laughs> While somehow managing to make it way more artistic than anybody had the right to give it. I mean, every time I go back through and play some of the GTA games, I'm still surprised at how well they just do crime stories and mm-hmm. really drag it down. I mean, they're raunchy, they have really gross humor, but I, I run into these people all the time in real life. I mean, I've been in retail for 14 years. If I name the number of both men and women that told me really bad, disturbing, or raunchy jokes just off the cuff, I mean, that's just reality. So Grand Theft Auto, I mean, that's kind of how reality works sometimes. Is oh my gosh. Like that. You remember when San Andreas Hot Coffee Cold came out oh, and yeah. the parents freaked out? <laughs> they were like, oh, my gosh, my kid is watching a literal graphic porno. I was like, it really wasn't that bad, actually. No, it was pretty much Duke Nukem, but in 3D. <laughs> you pretty yeah. much had that. I was like, have you seen this stuff now? Like, my favorite Grand Theft Auto game is number four. Because mm-hmm. I like the Nico Bella character. I, I loved the Russian crime story. I yes. thought going with the Russian mob angle was totally new, very different. And I actually would say my favorite part about 4 was actually the storyline. Oh, yeah. And I feel 5 didn't quite live up to the same level that 4 did, but 5 was still really, really good. Oh, yeah. Good. yeah. They, they put a lot of detail on the 5. Yeah. And also, the um, what's the name? The dude that lives in the trailer park. His character reminded me of like a Billy Bob Thornton uh, kind of character. Travis Trevor... I think it was Trevor. I th- it was one, It was a T name like that. And he definitely was. He made the game till eleven. Yeah. I mean, you like you be sitting there, you're like playing as the brother, or the um, or the guy that lives in the suburbs or whatever, and then like you switch to him, and he's passed out on a bridge somewhere in his draws. <laughs> I mean, he's just constantly like running in and doing rampages, and he. I mean, he definitely is one of the main drivers of the storyline, just through antics, but. Michael and Franklin are definitely like the heart of the story and what helped kind of wane in his kind of crazy, you know, oh, yeah. his modern douchey interpretation kind of thing. I was just like, this whole thing's a mess. One time I uh, one time I switched to him and he was like like smoking meth or something like that. I was like, what the hell? I left you here for like five seconds. <laughs> one of my favorite things in the Grand Theft Auto games is the detail. Like even just switching characters is an experience because you never know what you're going to zoom into the X character doing or what they went off to do while you were was, uh, I'm character. just having a little crack. It's okay. <laughs> I'm just like, what the? What? 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 Can't you just do something normal like eat a bowl of cereal? I come back. It always seems like I always cop Trevor doing the most fucked up shit. Yeah, you'd always have Michael just like being complained about at his family or, you know, kind of leaving a store being yelled at for being a jerk. Or uh, Franklin would usually just be leaving his penthouse or apartment to things. But you never knew what he was going to be doing, whether it be meth, shooting someone in the head, or his wacky sidekicks that he'd be caught in all kinds of. Oh, my gosh. It seemed like he was always like getting smashed. I was like. Oh my gosh! Like I, I'm, I'm scared. One day I was like, man, I'm scared. One day he's gonna be ass naked. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be very, very probable given his character. And uh, if you live in Missouri, that kind of character isn't too far away from people. We I know. Into. It reminds me of somebody I knew in Independence. Oh yeah, I mean, a lot of the people we have that we interact with around here, a lot of them are Trevor adjacent or right next to him, just barely kind of thing. Of course, we have our fair share of Michaels, too. You know? We have a fair share of Michaels, and then we also got a fair share of Franklins, too. We do. We have a fair share of Franklins, although I, I honestly usually prefer the Franklins just because they're at least trying to do something. Same with the Michaels. They're usually mm-hmm. at least trying to play within society's rules. And then there's the Trevors who kind of make things go in the order of chaos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they are things that keep, uh, keep life interesting, keep things unpredictable. 
Oh my gosh. I was like, wait a minute, I relate to this one really too well. This is basically Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> I actually am waiting for the day that Rockstar decides to do a Kansas City like parody game. So they tend to base their games loosely off of various areas. I would love to see a really in-depth Kansas City done one. But with our mob history and oh my gosh, all of our general things, I think you could do. We, I mean, we have some fairly interesting history that if you got the right segment, the right time, could really work for it. Maybe they kind of go back in the day to the Pendergast times or something. Oh, man. I mean, I'm surprised GTA hasn't done like – a period piece kind of interpretation outside of like the Red Dead Redemption games, but you know, something, another one kind of line that things would be really interesting, like a crime one. I mean, I did LA Noir, but that one kind of didn't become the same level as a lot of their other games. But to say, if I would say anything, like, it'd be dope if like they kind of did some sort of like mafia, mm-hmm. the mafia series there, because like, for instance, I played Mafia 3, and that was a great game. Yeah, I heard it was really, really good. I never got a chance to play it. I actually have not had a chance to play much of the Mafia games. So. I'm, I'm going to let you know right now, man. Like Every decision you make is definitely going to affect you one way or another. If you ever get to play Mafia, especially Mafia 3, make right, make good choices. <laughs> Consequences <laughs> will be happening, huh? Oh, my man. Okay, let me put it like this. I did it three times. It, Every ending was depressing. <laughs> very, very depressing. But to be fair, I'm not sure in a game called Mafia how many endings would be the happy ending. I, I'm just going to – the happiest one was the fact that my character, like, basically drove away and never looked back at any of the incidents that happened. <laughs> but there was one where I had to choose to kill all my partners. And when I did that, I get in my car, like, okay, I'm basically the man of the town. And I started my car, and I blew myself up. Ah, uh, the very classic mob car bomb after you betray, betray all your friends or try and go straight, and it comes back to haunt you kind of thing. And it was my priest who did it. The priest, huh? Was the priest doing it for good reasons, or was the priest Yeah, because he was control? like, man, he was becoming a monster, so I killed him. <laughs> man, that is, that is doing God's work, I suppose. And then there was the other one where basically... Me and my partners are like, okay, we're taking over, and everybody's like rich and happy, but the preacher is like, I created a monster by letting him go on this damn rampage. I couldn't even stop him. Then the preacher just starts crying. Yeah, that kind of bittersweet ending where you you won, your main character was happy, but it wasn't necessarily better for the world as a whole kind of thing. Yeah, basically. Yeah, ooh, that that I mean that's the kind of moral moral gray gray items that we want in games, though, right? Pretty much. I'm not gonna lie. The weirdest part, though, I was walking and like shooting up, like shooting up like some of these like mafia like characters, or whatever. And I go up in there, and I go into one room and they're making a gay porn, <laughs> and I was just like, oh. Okay, I want to just slowly back my character out. Of here. <laughs> just leave yeah. this situation. Leave this situation alone. I mean, do what you do, guys. <laughs> but um, I shot your producer, so you can stop now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You d- technically, if this was exploitation, you are now free. If this isn't exploitation, and you guys are just trying to survive and make money, continue on about your business. I mean, because this is around the era like Vietnam and stuff like that in Louisiana. So there was a lot of N-word drop, too. Like, I threw some, like, this is like... You could tell there was some segregation. It was still in the Jim Crow right. like situation in its own right. But the craziest thing though was just like the tactical kills and stuff like that. Like for instance, I threw somebody in the water and they got eaten by an alligator. <laughs> well, I mean, I was like, this is effective. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is very effective. Is it, so they, every time you toss somebody in, do they always get ate by an alligator, or is it random? Well, it was in the middle of the night in a swamp area. 
So, okay, I was like, do you have some alligator that follows you around, like Captain Hook kind of thing, and just eats your enemies? I wish. <laughs> I wish it was like that. That would have been super dope. That would have been a heck of a companion system. Like, literally, I threw somebody in the water and said I got ate by an alligator. You need to make that alligator your friend. I was like, you know what? Good alligator. I don't even know you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know this alligator. You, you know a lot of alligators. You know, I go hang out with them. <laughs> They're right. Daryl, Frank. Yeah, because I was on, like, a stealth mission. Where I had to basically like get into this area with like a whole bunch of Jamaicans and stuff like that, and and so I'm just sneaking up on dudes and I'm like you know doing the <laughs> kind of thing like doing the Stevens of Gold <laughs> like neck break and stuff like that, and I grabbed one guy and I like threw him over, and an alligator apparently appeared and ate him, <laughs> and I was just like, oh I didn't even know that was gator infested water. <laughs> well, now you do, and now you don't have to go in the water. I was like, well if I'm not going in the water, but I guess they are. And so whenever you say Steven Seagal neck break, I don't even imagine him actually grabbing like a head. I always just imagine it from like his bad movies where you like see him put his hands like almost like he's hover handing around the head and then he twists to do it. I'm like, yeah, that's a Steven Seagal neck break. He never quite actually touches the head, but then suddenly neck broken. It was the ghost neck break. <laughs> it, was, he, it was like he just has pure power. Just the power of Steven Seagal will do it to you. <laughs> do I want to fight Steven Seagal? No. I don't know. You could probably handle him. He's getting up there in, in years these days. I don't days. care, too. He knows the key, though. <laughs> he, he may know the key, and he also was a cop for a while, so he may just, you know, tase you or something. So uh, The last thing I'm trying to do is go hand-to-hand with Stevens go. <laughs> Even though he kind of has his chatism about him, but at the same time, I respect him as a martial artist. You know, he does kind of have a little bit of a chatism about him. At the same time, <laughs> his weird cultural iconography that he has, like Japan really finds him kind of amusing. They find him kind of oh, an yeah. interesting character to parody and make references to. Yeah, not to say that just like he's also best buddies with Putin, and it's weird. He's just like he's just everywhere. Right. He's just like you can't even hate the guy. You're just kind of confused by him. Yeah, I'm always weirded out why would celebrities get like tyrannical friends. Like I wasn't Dennis Rodman and one of the Kim Jongs. Was it Kim Jong Un or Kim Jong Il that he was really good friends mm. with? He was with Kim Jong Un. Yeah, yeah. He was just like friends with and could go there and they talk and it seemed very Watch nominal. North Korean pro basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to figure out what is pro basketball like in North Korea? Dennis Rodman knows but he's probably not going to ever tell us about it because I imagine it's not much to write home about. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, he's a great guy. We watch basketball together. I'm just like, I can already tell the losing team probably got shot in the <laughs> game. It was like, you lose, you die. Play ball. <laughs> and at the same time, the basketball game is scripted to where one side will have to lose. So basically all the people are going to be executed anyway. It may have actually just been a mass execution disguised as a basketball it game. Was like, it was so great. It was beautiful. I'm just like, Dennis, you were high the whole time, weren't you? <laughs> well, I mean, hopefully. I mean, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out how the hell do you get a ticket to North Korea? Apparently being friends were close. I mean, um, there was always that hostage situation uh, 10, 15 years ago where Bill Clinton literally borrowed a corporate jet from a friend, went over there and negotiated the release of those reporters from North Korea. So apparently if you're kind of like Dennis Rodman or Bill Clinton, one of those more charming, charismatic people, I think the Kim Jongs always want to be associated with that kind of people. So they tend to, you know, put on their nice shoes for them, invite them in, things like that, kind of whatnot. I don't know. It worked for Trump. Uh, yeah. I don't understand that. <laughs> Yeah, and to be fair, with the most recent meeting, he actually didn't even overpromise. Japan was quite happy with the summit where they didn't really conclude anything, but they kept, you know, wanting to go back to talk. So I don't usually like to trump anything for Trump, but in this instance, apparently for our allies, that was a fairly solid move on his part, which is, you know, take anything I, we can that's get. That's like one of the few good things I can say that man has done. 
even though the Twitter beef did not help at first. <laughs> he was trying to get us blown the fuck up. Oh, man, him and Twitter, him and Twitter. I mean, to be fair, I feel like Twitter is just bait for everyone because Twitter wars are like every dime a dozen, but putting your your POTUS on there and letting him have free reign is just asking for I was trouble. like, come on, Rocket Man, do your worst. I was like, no, don't do your worst. You're, he doesn't realize... Not only are like New York and LA a target, we could be a target too because we got the railway system. Yeah, we've also got Whiteman Air Force Base with a bunch of the stealth bombers well within <laughs> bombing range of all of us yeah, and collateral they, damage. Range. Yeah, they hold nukes in that sucker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, this is how I know Whiteman is so secure. If you have a if you have a parking ticket unpaid, you're going to um, you're going to get called. Let me put out this: I went to jail because I had an unpaid parking ticket I didn't know about. That's how secure they are. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I suppose. Yeah, that, that seems weird for their jurisdiction, but at the same time, you got to be that, – that could be a suspicious thing. could mean you're not, you know, who you think you yeah, are. Yeah, so it's like, exactly. So it's like that's how secure they are. Yeah, I mean, and that, to be fair, I mean, nuclear secrets, stealth bomber secrets, things that we've kept trade secrets for 30, 40 years. We can't, get, we can't let those fall into hands. I mean, look at China trying to recreate aircraft carriers. They still haven't figured out how to recreate aircraft carriers, even close to what we had 20 years ago, 30 years ago. No, we got the most advanced equipment in the world. Yeah, and our Navy is the most advanced Navy in the world, and as long as we keep that, that helps maintain a lot of balance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was looking at, like, infographic show, and he was explaining what if the U.S. had to go against everybody? Apparently, we would win, but at the same time, we would have a lot of losses. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, in any kind of large-scale combat scenario, even with our super-advanced army and military, I mean, there, you just can't – Nothing. there is no such thing as a perfect war. There will be mass loss on every side. Oh, yeah. Like, a lot of other countries have more data technology. They haven't upgraded since, like, the, the Second World War. Mm-hmm. And then there's us, who's like – Oh, yeah, we have this, and we have this, and we have a laser, and uh, we have this. And then um, if that doesn't work, maybe I'll pull out a Gundam or something. All right. Space Force. G- give Elon Musk and Japan enough time together, and they'll pull something out for that. All right, so we're on for Space Force. Yeah, I mean, if he's going to create it and make it anyway, and it's going to become a thing, and I get to pilot a giant robot, Maybe. 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 <laughs> it was like, come on, guys, let's do space. I remember when he announced he wanted to do a Space Force. Everybody was like, Space Force, Space Force, Space Force. My favorite part was Mathis and the regular military all collectively rolling their eyes at the, at the entire thing, being like, we already basically have a Space Force. It's the Air Force. And whenever we decide that we that actually becomes a thing, they will just evolve into that kind of thing or split off. But, no, we just need to name it Space Force directly and go for it right now. Space Force, Space Force. <laughs> I, on good space news, uh, space news and to Elon Musk, congratulations to Elon Musk and his successful SpaceX flight where they actually managed to uh, break off and have a successful launch after 17 years. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, they, they he finally did what he had set out to accomplish with SpaceX, our first you know fully commercial, not done by NASA, privatized launch successful going ahead to, we'll head to the international space station so we are making Whoa. progress privatization of Na- of uh, space stuff has actually proven to bear fruit fairly quickly comparatively i have an old friend who actually i met him last year and he actually does the plumbing on the spaceships hey like for on uh, spacex i bet that's a heck of a job actually he said it was very tight. Let me pull out this. He was very stressed out when yeah. I met him. He had been through a lot, missile breakdown, because like it's a lot of work. Yeah, it is, and uh, they were running on very shoestring stuff for a while. And Elon Musk doesn't strike me as the easiest guy to always work for. People who have that 
ability to kind of draw people towards things like that tend to also be very abrasive and hard to work with, despite the fact that you're all reaching for a dream kind of thing. Right. I mean, I mean, you're sitting there, you know, this guy basically will wake up if he ever goes to sleep. Right. Because he even says he doesn't have much of a sleep schedule. So if he like he's waking up, he's like, you know what? I feel like launching a car into space right now. <laughs> all right. Everybody get on that. We got work to do. But, but I want it done in a week. <laughs> I mean, that's why everybody took his Cyber Dragon comment and his Giant Robot comment so seriously. Whenever he made the We Need Giant Robots comment, even Bandai of Japan was like, well, we have suggestions, and started posting pictures of Gundam's neck right below it. And I'm like, he's got the money, he's got the drive, He'll he's willing to accept the fact that it's probably going to take like seven iterations before we have anything that could be close mm-hmm. to usable, but... That's how science and advancement works. You never, I mean, you never work with the first one. It's always the next one, the next one, the next one. I'm just one. trying to figure out how he's pulling off. And on top of that, he's trying to work on getting cleaner water in Michigan and Flint and um, Detroit. And he said he's trying to work on that project. He's got that thing he's trying to do in L.A. I mean, that's why people call him like a little bit like Tony Stark. He's kind of trying to solve all the world's problems that he can all at once. I'm telling you, man, one bad switch, though, man, that dude could be the supervillain of the world. <laughs> now, uh, on the Flint, Michigan thing, I had recently heard that someone had actually been helping them get water. Another celebrity had been helping them get water. I can't remember his name. Was it Will Smith's kid, I think I had heard? Jaden? Jaden or somebody was actually trying to help out Flint and had been for the last couple of months and was actually having some success, but I can't remember who they were. I hope that's the case because I feel like everybody involved in that situation I'm talking about the government, of course. Right. They need to be imprisoned. Yeah, well, I mean, the Flint thing's been going on for so long now, and despite all the attention that's been drugged to it, they've really not made any progress on the situation at no, all. No, like, it was just, it was a hot mess. No city should ever go like that. No, it's it's pretty much a testament to the fact that the U.S. is kind of spoiled, in my opinion, when it comes to urban centers and cities. We tend to take the fact that we can just expand out into our expanses mm-hmm. way for granted, while other countries with much smaller space have to learn to keep renovating, keep improving, keep re- you know refurbishing their areas. They can't just let an area decay eternally and you know walk it away because who cares? You know, I mean, freaking Flynn looks like Chernobyl right now. Let's just be honest. It, it's becoming very quickly going to be something like that. If we keep letting it go on for years, it will probably kill more people in the long run than Chernobyl ever had a chance to. That's what I'm saying. So I'm just like, for me, I'm really, really hoping something gets fixed with Flint. I understand Flint Detroit, you know, a lot of these Michigan cities have problems, but this is just a symbolism of the fact that the United States does not care about poor people. No, we don't. We don't care about poor people. We don't care about any infrastructure that goes outside of rich areas. Yeah, know? I mean, what what do you th- what do you think they um, they've had a lot of crime in like Flint, Pontiac, and all these other places because they have no jobs. They've taken all the factories and issued them out in international countries. Right. Um, they have no work. Their mayor was corrupt in both in both cities. I mean, and this isn't even a new thing historically. I have uh, read the first two volumes of Stalin's biography, and during the time that communist revolution, uh, soon after the communist revolution happened, Lenin and all of them basically removed retail stores and outlets. There was nothing to spend your money on, but they still expected people to go to work. What they didn't realize is that without anything to spend your money on, people basically had no reason to go to work, so they quit and became like roving gangs. They started right. you know, causing trouble, having fun in their own way because there was no reason to work. There was nothing to spend their money on. And it, it's obvious. Anytime you remove proper work, something to entertain people, people are not going to participate in society the same no. way. Laws only apply as long as there is some way to work within the laws to get what you want. You know what's messed up is that 
entertainers and rappers or comedians, wherever they're doing, or if they're from Detroit, they're the ones pitching in. Oh, uh, the com- local communities are all that hold together. I mean, yeah. that's basically the only thing that's holding them together. I mean, uh, you can even look into Kansas City for the longest time and back during our mob boss era. Um, we had a lot of issues similar to that where the government just didn't care about us at all. No. It was uh, basically the mob families that took care of us. I mean, uh, my fiance, who I wish she was here right now for this conversation, has actually read a couple textbooks on uh, Imperial Japan and the Yakuza. And because of this, she read a number of other books on general mob and criminal organizations. And mobs and crimes flow in any area where they basically are almost like community leaders, where they do more good for the community than any foreign government, how the community views them as a foreign government will ever do. I mean, the Japanese Mm -hmm. viewed the imperial government almost like a parasite on them. They didn't claim the imperial government as their own. They oftentimes viewed the local Yakuza as being closer to an actual government for them. And... I mean, to be quite honest, I'm for I'm all for you know doing something like for the people by the people, but since the government is not helping whatsoever, but at the same time, like Detroit used to be a metropolis. Yeah, it was it was a bastion of everything, advancement, modernization, steel, everything. They had everything you needed, like from cars to steel to everything. It was all the these American resources. City. It was in all the movies. Yes. It was a pop culture everything. Detroit Rock City. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, and uh, Deus Ex, uh, the newest revision of it, Human Revolution, even brought back Detroit and said like it would have a second renaissance in you know, 20, 30 years from now, and they were basing it off of how what Detroit used to be, how Detroit used to exist yes. as, and people seem to forget, and I'm assuming kids these days just will never know of what Detroit used to be. I feel like Detroit's like at the butt of everybody's jokes nowadays. It, it is. It, it was just like, I see, like, because I know people from Detroit, and I see them still looking at the city as gold. Why wouldn't it be to them? It's their I'm, city. It's their home. They got so much pride in their city. You're right. I mean, but Kansas City can come back. Kansas City didn't, hasn't always had its best times. I mean, we've like kind of made a comeback over the last two decades. We have. And, yeah, we the city's been beautified so much recently. They've updated so much. Oh, we've really been engaging our artistic community a lot yes. more. I remember back in the day, people did not want to go downtown. Oh, they no. do not want to be caught dead downtown tonight. Not even close to anywhere downtown, yeah. Hell to the no. People are now, like, it, downtown's booming, even though it's kind of gentrified now. But it's in a better state than it was. Like, it was dangerous to be downtown in Kansas City at night. Oh, yeah. I mean, de- and definitely gentrification has caused its own fair share of problems. But comparatively, in terms of just death and violence and general loss of property and things like that, we have definitely made a lot of strides in there. And now we can start tweaking on the other little things as we kind of improve. Like, uh, what was that tram that they installed that was functionally pointless? Oh, you talking about the uh, little monorail they got? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's actually cool, though. I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. I've ridden it. And I know they're trying to extend it more. I, I know they wanted to extend it more, and I heard, I heard there was early controversy with them not wanting to extend it to uh, some of the worst parts of st- that were still of Kansas City because they were worried about bad elements getting onto it, and it caused quite the ruckus since it doesn't go really to be all that useful for a lot of the population that I pay mean, the taxes. For. Right. I'm saying it's just like if you're going to do it, do it for the whole community. Exactly. exactly. That would be my argument is it's got to be public transportation for everyone. It can't just be novel for people who are being touristy kind of thing. Or basically, in layman terms, white people. Yeah, just, that's, that's for I mean, us. that's just to be like, like, be honest. That was what I was dancing around saying, but yeah, that. Well, yeah, let's just be honest. Like I was saying, this, you're a white guy, I'm a black guy. We just let's just be honest. Like it, it, it is true. Whenever I mean, we were, we're still in the Midwest, <laughs> so, you know, people are still kind of like, we don't want this to get unruly. We want to keep this classy. <laughs> 
Which is code for racist. I mean, basically. <laughs> that's basically like racist code right there, one-on-one. We've all heard it. It's the Midwest. It's how they do things. Keep it classy. Uh, that would be the kind of thing that I would just collectively roll my eyes at if I heard someone say in regard to that. It reminds me of an instance I had with a former ex when we went into this uh, bar down at Westport. It used to be uh, there called the Dark uh, Dark Horse. Oh, like my God. I know the Dark Horse because I remember when it used to be Karma. Yeah. And then it was something else. Oh, my God, that bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't even think it's the Dark Horse anymore. I'm pretty sure it's something else now a couple of years back. Or Man, that bar has changed so much now. I think it's Gambles now or something. Yeah, shit. it's always just a bar and then the little pizza area, and it just shifts owners and names. Oh, my gosh. I remember the Westport of that time. Oh, man. Oh, man. And then, to be fair, it was my favorite hole-in-the-wall bar because it was a hole-in-the-wall bar. It had that homey kind of feel, and I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, so that's Westport. With this, uh, with this girlfriend, and she is first-generation Russian and comes from a very Russian Orthodox family, to say the least. So we get into this bar, and I love the Dark Horse. I've been there numerous times. It's my bar to go to, and I don't go to bars very much, so whenever I go there, I'm fairly excited. I want to drink and eat pizza and have a good time. So we get in there, and I'm looking around, and I'm enjoying the atmosphere and everything, and she goes, it's awfully dark in here tonight, and I'm sitting here, yeah, I guess they do have the lighting turned down. I'm looking up at the lighting, thinking it's you know really dark, and I'm turning around, and she just looks at me really concerned and shakes her head. No, I don't mean that. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, and I look, I look around, and I'm like, really, really, I yeah. I was oh just, my god. <laughs> yeah, I was so I had no idea. I was, was oh my god. You know, I'm a suburban white kid, so whatever. I, I grew up, you know, with liberal comics and liberal everything. So to me, I was like, anybody being overtly racist just baffles me to any degree. So her being like that, I'm like, literally just flew way over my head. I'm sitting here looking at the lighting, like, I guess it's a little The dark horse is always dark. That's kind of why I like it. It's, it's like, dark, it's a little so dark in here. She's like, you're talking about the African Americans? Yeah, what? Like, no, you must have been like, babe, that's racist. <laughs> Oh I didn't God. even know what to say. I just looked at her like, you have put me in the most awkward situation possible because I'm totally not okay yeah, with that. Yeah, a lot of black people hung out a dark horse, too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It wouldn't even occur to me to pick them out as, a, as anything. And I'm just sitting here looking at the lighting like like a complete just whatever. It's like, yeah, it's like you know, they're using different fluorescents right now. It's like, no, babe, that's not what I mean. Yeah, that was literally like the look on her face. And I'm sitting here like, and I look around, I'm like, Really? Really? This is what we're going to have the conversation about? We're not leaving. I'm, I'm having my drink and pizza. <laughs> I, I know you're just like, all right, so um, let's talk about your racist values for a second. <laughs> yeah, and I always try to forgive it because of the cultural difference because, you know, Russia and everything like that, not from our I culture. Mean, Russia is basically one of the factories of white people. Let's yeah, just be yeah. honest. Anti-Semitism actually found oh, some of its early roots there back during the early communist days. Uh, oh, some yeah. of the anti-communist forces are where anti-Semitism kind of came out about. The communists even fashioned themselves as being pro-Judaism as a whole, even though Stalin would secretly eliminate a good chunk of the Jewish people in his own grouping very quickly. Yeah, Stalin would eliminate anybody by sneezing. He'd be oh, like, yeah. Yeah, he was like, oh, you sneeze, get the fuck out. Yeah, Stalin <laughs> was such a paranoid, paranoid leader that it honestly didn't matter any of your values. If he, you turned or he found something to dislike you, he would just find whatever he could to do you. So if you hit on him and you were Jewish, you were gone because you were Jewish or some variation of it, etc. It was all an excuse for his paranoia, though. Like, I don't like his nose. Eliminate him. But more or less. It was just, it was excuses for things. And like, he, um... Like, I don't know what happened. I think he fell on his knife multiple times. And now he's... Just, he fell on his knife multiple times. Oh, he was shot? Oh, man. He must have been in the way of the firing range. 
Oh, he must have really hit that bullet hard when he fell. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes you fall on bullets. It just he happens. just fell into a couple bullets, <laughs> like a pile of bullets. I don't even know who fired the bullets. One of the KGB oh. factions or you know, whatever like, they were named oh, at the time. Oh, he was hung? Oh, he must have been so very depressed. <laughs> right? He I means suicide, obviously. This is in your dining room. Oh, well, I don't know. Like, he decided to choke himself out. Don't you love how suicide has become like the go-to for thing? I don't think anybody ever believes anyone commits suicide anymore. Everybody no. always suspects it of something. It is really hard to commit suicide if anybody believe you actually did it for suicidal reasons. I mean, mental health is a tough problem, but I think when it comes to like Russia or something like that, somebody <laughs> ended up dead. So like that one reporter did, and he's talking about, oh, he killed himself. <laughs> Tragic. Like multiple story window. We did not mean for that to happen. That's so sad. Makes me wonder if I ever do my own suicide note, if I have to really punctuate things. No, I killed myself because I'm really freaking sad. Don't make this somebody else's gig. I don't want to lose my debts. This is about me, guys. This is about me. Let me have my selfish moment. This is the only one I get after this. Damn it. Make it all about you and your crazy conspiracy theories and whoever you think There was me. no Illuminati in this situation. It was me. I'm my own Illuminati. That would be fun to do if you were going to commit suicide on your, uh, yourself, though. Make it like seem like it's a giant conspiracy just to have it come back as a big joke. Just like, they came for me. <laughs> they came for me. They, they found me, and then you trace it, and they, you find a postal box in some other state with another letter. And before you know it, you've traveled halfway across the world. It's like, joke's on you, mother. I just did. I was just bored. I mean, sure, I just killed myself, and I like sprinkles of fentanyl. <laughs> fentanyl. I was like... And, you know, that's still got a lot of people that fence and all shit. Man. Oh, man, you're not even remotely kidding. Uh, Lauren actually, once again, is big on, uh, like, medication and things like that. Mm-hmm. She she w- reads way too much into things like crime and medical issues. She's She may be a little bit paranoid on herself. But fentanyl, she has been going on on forever about being one of the biggest killers of anything, especially when it's mixed in with prescription medication. I mean, yeah, like, look what happened to the rapper Mac Miller. Yeah, I mean, he was doing some bad coke, and next thing you know it, he's dying and overdosing because of fentanyl. Yeah, it's... Killed Prince. It killed a lot of people. It's crazy how much stuff it's in and how much it ends up in things, yeah. I was like, this is killing people. Who the hell decided this was a good mix? Yeah, and isn't that usually what they use for, like, dead bodies to... If I'm correct, yes. Yeah, they're like, yeah, I was always very confused about how anybody ever thought that was something that should be starting to be mixed in to help with things, but I guess whenever it comes to, you know illegal drugs and honestly even you know legal drugs they don't always care what the formula necessarily is it's all about testing it kind of thing all i know is i this is why i'm not a drug user because they can put almost anything in your shit oh yeah yeah i mean i, I mean you really can't trust anything you buy even from legit places i mean the department of health has to go into restaurants and keep track of them to make sure they're not letting rats crap all over your food that they're not mixing the wrong things i mean i mean well, i don't know you go to like new orleans or something like that the rat is pretty much like the historian of the building <laughs> i mean i'm just saying though reminds me of like what hannibal birds was saying and this shit happened to me he was talking about he went to this restaurant went downstairs to go take a piss he saw a rat he was like sir you have rats in here well i'm sorry sir we um we cannot help but have all these rats. This building has been around for 200 and something years, so I am sorry. I think about the, the rats rat. claim some ownership. They may be paying rent at this point. I mean, at this point, it's like, it's like this is a historical establishment. Well, I'm sorry, but, yeah, um, let me go ahead and order a drink, too, while I'm at it. <laughs> like, they, like they, they, they really do do that shit. And it 
it's just kind of how it is. I mean, even in uh, Tokyo, Japan, we were at a uh, an American restaurant there actually, and we saw, and it was under one of the train stations where the restaurant was built into. So mm-hmm. you can hear the trains go over, and a lot of the ceiling was revealed because they had all the train wiring running through it. And while we were eating, you could actually see a rat or two running across the rafters, like going in and out of it. Now, obviously, the rats were going in and out of holes they were very aware of, and they weren't going anywhere near the area. Right. But what are you going to do in a city like that? Are you going to have them trying to trace down rats through? No, there's no way you can control that. I mean, sure, same with New York. Like, I've never been to New York, but I know they got kangaroo-sized rats out of them on folk. It's like, hey, what do you want me to do, go box the rat right now? (laughs) How do you want us to exterminate them? We could try poisoning them, but then there's a good chance we're going to poison everyone else in the city or a bunch of other things we don't intend to. I mean, yeah, and then on top of that, do you want to go after that size of a rat? Right, that rat will come at you. Come at you hard, come at you Man, you corner a rat. What do you think you're going to get? (laughs) Right? It's like, oh, my rat wounds. (laughs) (laughs) And rats are not dumb creatures. Rats will probably outmaneuver you at some point. They know that city better than you could ever know that city. I don't think think New York is ever going to end in a zombie apocalypse. I wonder if it's going to be the rat overthrow. Because, man, have you ever seen what a rat wheel looks like? I have not, but it's 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 disgusting. (laughs) It's so freaking disgusting. Rats versus zombies. There's a movie we haven't had yet. I mean, seriously, these rats will literally ball up and make a wheel. That sounds like something out of, like, Dark Souls. or It's so scary and disgusting looking. I was like, I don't ever want to see that in my life. Like, that's that's so gross. Is it, like, a defense mechanism they do? or Pretty much. They'll, like, combine themselves <laughs> like Rat Voltron into a ball. You haven't even seen our final form yet. <laughs> exactly. I wouldn't even want to run into that shit. Just, like, they all group up together anyway. I'm just like, Ew. The first time I heard of something like that was Brooklyn Nine-Nine. It was like, oh, yeah, this is what a rat wheel looks like. And they were like, oh, that's disgusting. And I was like, hold on, let me Google this real quick. Pause. I Googled it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I almost threw up in my mouth a little bit. Oh, oh. That's how disgusting it is, man. Oh, I even vaguely like rats, and that sounds gross. Like, I re- like, I think, like, okay, a nice pet rat or something like that, you know, that's that's wonderful. Right, smart. You keep it clean, and they're keep they're, it clean. They're great. They're yeah. great pets. Like I've held a couple pet rats, cute little creatures. But then, like, I ain't trying to go after no New York rat though. <laughs> like, man, especially when they combine. They come in a bonding, and on top of that, they getting bigger every year. It seems like. Well, it's true. Sitting here looking at a mini marsupial or something like that. <laughs> like, man, I'm gonna have to get my boomstick or something. <laughs> Literally, yeah. I mean. It's like it always reminds me of like ants. If ants ever got bigger, they're the largest biomass on the planet. And I'm always like, you know, if ants ever got bigger and realized what they could do, ants could really possibly overcome. Oh yeah, us they'll be mass. stepping on us. Yeah, I mean, rats are, are uh, ants are just a terrifying, terrifying competitor species. Oh yeah, they're intelligent. We sometimes uh, take for granted our top spot here and don't realize a lot of other animals were like on the verge or given enough time will, would possibly compete with us over time. Man, we've eliminated ten species within like 300 years. Yeah. Of um like specific animals, um, I think one of the one I had the most interest in was the Tasmanian tiger, and it was like the 1800s when you know the British took it over or whatever, and you know made that into the prison situation. Right. With um and I was like the Tasmanian tiger, I was like oh that's freaking cool. Oh, we kill all those. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. It's like hmm, hmm this is an exotic animal. I mean, we don't need any more of it. We need to make it more exotic. I remember my friends and I found out there was another version of a zebra. <laughs> I was looking at this. I was like, oh, it's like a brown and black zebra or something like that. 
and we killed that too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Sounds about right. I mean, to be fair, I, I imagine most people at the time, whenever they hunted them to extinction, probably didn't realize that that was all they were, but they obviously weren't thinking about it either. They were just going completely willy-nilly, thinking nature was something they could do whatever they want with. I mean, look what happened with the white rhino. Right. Our generation has seen a lot of a lot of extinction. We have. Yeah, we've seen a lot of extinction, and we'll probably see a lot more of it going on. Even the ones we try and stop are going to be really hard to. And then there's the school of thought among biologists and whatnot that maybe we shouldn't be stopping certain extinctions as certain extinctions occurred even before us naturally. And if we adjust the form too much and keep things artificially alive, isn't that just messing with the ecosystem? That's what I'm saying. Way? Like Because like they tried to save the white rhino, mm-hmm. and then the female died off, and that didn't work. And then right. they tried to... Do the same thing with the um, alternative zebra. I forgot what the name of it was, but it failed just miserably. It ended up making just like some genetic hot mess. Yeah, and they're trying to do it with pandas, but pandas are just increasingly hard to keep alive due to the fact that what they eat, how they live, I mean, a lot of factors. I mean, yeah, like we're using up their food supply for our own personal use as humans. Like we're using a lot of resources that are killing them off. And I think pandas are great. Yeah, and a lot of humans, and to be counter to even the panda thing, a lot of humans only want to save cute animals. There is a actually a, a boar, a, I think it's a pygmy boar in the U.K. that's on the border of extinction. No funds for it. Nobody gives a crap about it at but all because it's not a cute animal. Like the same thing with the frogs. Yeah, and I actually think frogs are awesome. So that's, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, frogs are very beautiful creatures. I ain't going to go around hunting and touching them, though. Yeah. So, okay, give me, like, a regular green frog or something like that. Okay, I can make frog legs out of that. But that's no a, psychedelic frogs for you? <laughs> no nah, nah, I'm not going around picking up random frogs and licking them. <laughs> okay, first of all, there's a reason why it's called a defense mechanism. <laughs> right, cause, yeah, because it's supposed to stop the predator from eating them. It's just like, don't eat me. Do not lick me. <laughs> don't touch me. I am an asexual predator, like, asexual, like, prey. I don't want to be touched. It's like, I am not into that type of context. Do not tongue rape me. <laughs> you know, that would be a really good defense mechanism uh, for humans. I, I wish I, I could develop some kind of, like, I wish somebody that would get you high if you tried to touch me. I don't know. As much as people have licked me on the face over the years. <laughs> I was like, I might kill some people. So I don't know. <laughs> right. I, I mean, as long as it gets them like weed high when they touch it, you, you don't want somebody like touching you and going all about. That is it. Then I would have people chasing me like, mm-hmm. "Come here, Anthony. You, you make me feel good. Make me feel good, Daddy." Yeah, I'd <laughs> see you being kidnapped by some crime cartels and being used to just like produce drugs. I was like, no, don't squeeze my nipples. <laughs> There, there is no, no good mental image for that, and I apologize to our viewers for anyone who imagined how that would have to go down. Yeah, that would be kind of a titillating experience. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to say titillating. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I was trying to think of some milk-based pun, but it was lost on me, so I think we should just let that go. Breast milk, you made my day. <laughs> Why did I just think of Dejavel? <laughs> That is the appropriate, appropriate situation. If, if your breast milk got people high like we did, your breast milk would be the breast milk. Man, there would be a whole bunch of Somalians selling their breast milk online at that oh, point. Oh, man. Can you imagine the branding? And <laughs> it's just like psychedelic breast milk. <laughs> psychedelic breast milk. Like, uh, Two for $30. <laughs> <laughs> Two for $30. Kind of like the CBD craze kind of is going right now. Right. I mean, sure, there's a CBD shop right down the street. There is. There is. There's CBD shops all over the place. And uh, keep in uh, mind, people buying CBD, CBD is kind of vaguely snake oil-ish. Not everybody has to follow the same formula with it. So be sure to check your CBD. Since the Department of Health doesn't have to go through it, it can kind of be anything. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not actual weed, and it only has occasionally some of the active ingredients. So be be careful. A lot of times you may just be buying a whole bunch of oil, basically. That's basically it. I'm just gonna say that. Like, you gotta look out for brands and stuff. Check your branding. Yeah, always pay attention to things. If something, if if weed isn't even fully legal here, and suddenly people are push, pushing out CBD, which would normally take all kinds of authorizations to get new a new drug into a system. Remember, if pharmacies couldn't carry it immediately, that shaman guy, like your local feel-good chiropractor guy, is not going to suddenly have skirted the Department of Health to get you a miracle drug. Right. That's really how it works. So you oh. should always be suspicious when something happens and suddenly there are CBD clinics around every corner. Over oh, there. yeah. Speaking of which, we have a sponsor. So if you love CBD products and you like different flavors of uh, tinctures or anything of that nature, go to earth.com and that's e-r-t-h dot com oh very nice um they have some of the finest um cbd oils that i've gotten to try fantastic great samples and um you can get about 10 percent off with the code delivery bros at e-r-t-h dot com earth.com now uh, your cbd oil experiences helps you sleep yeah I, I find it i find it good for sleep that, that's generally what I've been hearing is the one thing that if you get the right formula, it actually does fairly consistently with yes. active ingredients. I mean, it works for a lot of things like people that have migraines. Like, the values of CBD, because that's what you're getting when you get CBD. It's like You're getting the values of the actual plant, what the medical things you can do with it. Right. Like, it doesn't have THC. Yeah, and it definitely shouldn't because that would require approval and things oh, yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, which they're probably working on in Missouri as we speak. Since oh, you know. yeah, definitely. I mean, I would be very surprised if I, – honestly, I'd be very surprised the entire United States isn't at least somewhat friendly to it by 2021. Yes. Even the feds are slowly starting to lean off of it as the politicians get that sweet, sweet, sweet tax money in. I'm, I'm just saying because like, it's making multiple millions of dollars. It, it, it's a new industry, and it's going to be a very powerful industry very quickly. So it wouldn't surprise me if we had, like, a weed like Starbucks in no time. It's, uh, like, a couple people around here have been wanting to prepare for the future weed business here, going back to our smoke uh, local small business stuff. And I keep telling everyone, they're like, man, a weed business, whenever it becomes legal, is going to be so good here. I'm like, you do not have the resources or the infrastructure for all the people who are literally waiting right outside of our borders. The second that goes legal, all the Washington, Colorado, and California companies are just going to swarm in here with money. They're already buying up land here and there to I I know. I mean, it's like literally the perfect spot. Midwest has well, I mean, great land for that. Right, and we've got a huge, I mean, and this is always terrible to say, but we have a huge demand for that kind of product out here. Yes, I mean, we do. It, there is a classic supply chain from various people it that should, come through here. You don't think some old school baby boomers who can't wait to roll up a joint themselves? Oh, man, they kid me. They, they, they were hippies. They were the hippies. Mm-hmm. The only reason we are getting weed now is probably because of their pushing sure. back then. Hey, some of them probably slept with Willie Nelson. We don't know. Right, <laughs> yeah. It's like, and it's good for arthritis. <laughs> Like, I remember the first time I told the joint, and it takes me right back. I think it was Woodstock, 69 or something. I met your grandmother. Well, she might have been your grandmother. I don't know. There was a lot of drugs. and um, <laughs> Somebody got some, like, tie sticks, and um, it was a wavy experience. I forgot the rest of that two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll never get those two weeks back. I can't wait. Two weeks of your life. I can't wait to roll up a joint. I don't even know what the hell you guys smoke anymore. Because, <laughs> like, I was looking at old weed. Old weed looked horrible. Oh, man, I can't even imagine. Like, I mean, 
we, we live in, maybe we're spoiled at this point with our weed, but we get the, we get access to, and what is it, the designer weed, the one that they've raised thousands oh of times to refine. It's just like, yeah, we kind of crossbred this with this fruit right here, and um, also a man-eating plants, and now you have um, the purple snapper. <laughs> oh, my, and, and they, <laughs> they would smoke it. <laughs> People would smoke the crap out of it. It's like, yes, I have black death right here, <laughs> and um, also here's, um, here is... Um, Blueberry jam, and um, oh yeah, and we have Girl Scout cookies, which is actually a thing. Those are everything I just named was actually a thing. There's Black Widow, White Widow. I've had White Widow. I mean, I, I would actually propose, and this is just going back to a little bit the Girl Scouts that whenever we does become legal here, the Girl Scouts are going to profit the most from that. <laughs> the Girl Scouts stand to make millions off of that initiative. I can't even imagine how many cookies they're going to be selling whenever every. Oh, yeah, I mean, sure, you can go on um, eBay and um, Amazon and get a box of cookies for them. That be true. You think they ain't going to be the number one monster? Man, on top of that, let's just put it like this. Taco Bell wanted to be open 24-7 now. Oh, man. Oh, man. I mean, Taco Bells have already been courting that demographic even when it's been illegal. Though I always remember the uh, Blue Springs uh, Taco Bell was always open till 3. And that's a really odd time for a Taco Bell to be open to. And every day from like 1, 2, 3 when it closes, there was always this huge line of cars. I'm like, every single one of you is balls high right now. Yeah. yeah that is like the spot to go to. It's either that or Jack in the Box. Oh, man. Jack, Jack in the, the Box. Box. Thank you so much for existing. <laughs> Jack in the Box is a stoner place. Taco Bell's a stoner place. If we had a White Castle, that would be a stoner place. Oh, man. I mean, people still drive out two hours to St. Louis on on stoner trips for White Castle. Oh, yeah. Go to Columbia. You get you some White Castle right there. Does Columbia have a White Castle now? Yeah, that's Columbia has a White Castle. Oh, wow. That's yeah. what I do. I had to go all the way out to St. Louis for that experience. Oh, shoot. And you, I don't even like White Castle burgers. I hate onions on my burgers. Shoot. Yeah, just drive two and a half hours. You can get to White Castle. Boom. <laughs> If I, if I really wanted White Castle burgers, which I generally don't terribly, but... I mean, some people like them, some people don't. It's, a, it's an eclectic taste. It, it is, and I think it's almost more of the cultural thing about yeah. it with it. It's, it's kind of a, almost become iconic. I mean, Harold and Kumar, obviously. Yes, Harold and Kumar. Like, that's just it, because, like, I grew up with my mom, um, when she was working, like, three jobs and stuff like that when we were kids. Oh, yeah, you're Wonder Woman, yeah. She... Um, she worked at this uh, spot out in Blue Springs, where it was a church's chicken... And a White Castle, and they used to have it down there. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, one, my aunt, um, one of my aunts was actually the manager and hooked her. I was like, hey, yeah, just get a couple hours here or there, or whatever, a week or whatever. And so, yeah, like, she bring home White Castle. So we already knew what White Castle was back then. And then, of course, you know, they closed all the White Castles in Kansas City. Yeah. I, which I think was like a bad idea, personally. Yeah, and I, I, I've heard all kinds of rumors about why it happened. In fact, in theory, the one rumor I've heard that's been repeated mostly is that it had to do with drugs being sold through them here. Oh, my God. And, and I don't know if that's true. I have no proof. This is just literally what I've heard from, like, ten different people, and it was a long time ago. So if somebody actually knows the truth, I apologize for getting it wrong. Just what I've heard. But it was really suspicious that the entire franchise chain kind of left Kansas city and it never bothered to come back you know it was weird like white castle was actually invented in kansas was it really yeah the original white castle was in kansas i did not know that that is huh yeah i think it was like i think it was like manhattan the same thing with um, pizza hut in kansas yeah yeah the original pizza hut and original white castle is from kansas Hmm. and we don't have any of those in the area like it's either you go to st louis Columbia area, of course, which is pretty much next, like not that far from St. Louis. Or you go to like Chicago, or you go to some parts of the East Coast, and they got it all over the place. Kind of like uh, East Midwest, the East side of the Midwest, and we're kind of the West side of the Midwest. Yes, so pretty much. Yeah. Like, and then of course they got that twenty-four hour one in Vegas as well. 
I didn't I mean, know it was 24 hour one either. Oh. I mean, yeah, like White Castle was 24 hours. Huh. And then, yeah, like literally you can go there anytime. They have breakfast. Yeah, I mean, go for it. I mean, I'm, I was happy Jack in the Box came back. I heard Jack in the Box used to be here during the 80s. Oh, my gosh, yeah. If it wasn't for that E. coli epidemic situation that happened, oh, right, right, they right. would have never left. Like, it was when um, like they had that E. coli spread and a couple kids died from it. Oh, that's a bad, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, Jack in the Box kind of had a die for a while. Yeah, I remember uh, whenever I was a kid, we went to St. Louis, because that's where my mom's side of the family is originally from, and we went to Jack in the Box, and my dad was super excited, because he was a big Jack in the Box fan back whenever they were here. And I remember thinking, why, why isn't this over here anymore? Like, why are we having to drive out to St. Louis for a fast food restaurant? That seems counterintuitive to the idea. But then I remember hearing about the E. coli situation. Yeah. That's a, that's a publicity thing you don't come back from for 20, 30 years, apparently. I'm surprised Chipotle... Like if Chipotle were to, um like done in the eighties or nineties and he had the same situation, oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I, I that was a big deal for them. I was actually really works. I really like them as a thing. I like going to them. I really like their burritos. But whenever that happened, like that's a hard thing to manage. I mean, I mean that happens in any restaurant. I think it does, and you're always going to have mistakes like that happen. And of course, the goal is to never have mistakes like that happen. Uh, okay, we yeah. Want perfection. I get it. Perfection doesn't happen though. You're always going to have. Some guy who's tired, got didn't get enough sleep, accidentally dropped something, or didn't properly press the right button, and or then, came in sick like they wasn't supposed to, or whatever, because like they need the money. Yeah, it, I mean, whenever you put people in these conditions, I mean, I've worked big box retail for most of my life, and there were many times I should have not gone to work, but I was literally told I basically don't have a choice if I want a job. Right. And I probably got people sick or things like that, but there was nothing to do. It was between my livelihood and the job kind of situation, and our culture mm-hmm. tends to make that a very prominent decision to make. It's just like. Work hard or else. Yeah, more or less. If, if the consequences of it be damned to everyone else. It's like, you're freaking poor. We don't really care. Just make sure you make making our money. Right, right. Yeah. That's exactly how it is. And uh, something I wanted to kind of segue back to with the uh, weed conversation. What up? Why is it that everybody, whenever they want to justify weed, has to justify it as it has some kind of health benefit? We do alcohol, and alcohol has absolutely no benefits almost at all in any way, shape, or form, and yet we're allowed to drink alcohol because it's fun. So whenever people always go to weed, they always have to, like, defend themselves. They always get really defensive, like, I need this for my arthritis, or I need this to right. something better. I'm like, why can't you just do it recreationally? You you won't you won't be a danger to anyone else. It makes anxiety relapse. Why is it okay to drink for fun, but it's not okay to smoke weed for fun in our society? Well, I mean, this goes all the way back to, I say, the Prohibition era. I mean, you got to realize, at one point, they were making movies, making it sound like we would make you murderous and everything. Oh, the Reef for Madness. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which has now become one of the cult things to watch as a stoner, like I an mean, initiation, it's, right, it's, almost. Yeah, it's, it's, freaking, it's a freaking comedy. Right. It, it just goes to show you, though, that that kind of movie could drum up a lot of fear very quickly. I mean, you got to realize there was a lot of racist undertones in it, too. Oh, they any time they could take an advantage to make it the big boogeyman that people were already scared it's of. It was just like, you might sleep with a Negro. Oh, what, what a tragedy that would be. You may have No, my sex. daughter's dating a Negro. Ah! It's like, she might start playing jazz music in the house. Oh, she might get good taste, huh? <laughs> this is like, they're going to play jazz music. They're going to hang out with jazz musicians. It's going to be really cool, man. There's going to be a lot of things going on. You're going to sweat. You know, it's going to be like emotional and everything. You're going to be unstable, and you might end up shooting somebody, and that's it. I always found that really weird, especially in the South, where it was mostly a very religious society, and the uh, and, and it's 
especially in the Southern African American religion is paramount. It is one of the key co- defining parts of their culture. Yes. You would almost think you'd want, with a Christian upbringing, to marry into the religious side of it and just ignore the racism. Why wouldn't you want her dating a nice Christian black guy as opposed to a northern, liberal, godless, heathen kind of thing? Irrelevant to the skin color of him kind of thing. Very baffling that they divide it right across that line solely whenever there's so much else that they could make it work with. Well, they just don't want you to shoot up heroin. <laughs> Because yeah, obviously shooting up heroin is the next logical step with sleeping with anybody of a different color. I mean, I've slept with people of different colors, and I'm addicted to all the drugs in the world. As a oh, reason. yes. Smoking the devil's lettuce. <laughs> the devil's lettuce. I actually like lettuce, so that's not the, the worst. The devil's thing tobacco. The wacky tobacco. Speaking of that, you've heard about these cigarette companies trying to uh, corner in on weed, right? Oh, God, I hope they don't. Oh, yeah, they, they, they realize that since cigarettes are kind of on the downward spiral and out due to all the various things, that weed may be the next legal way for them to survive as companies. I was like, yeah, we're just going to do some pre-roll packs of, um, of joints. So are we going to have a little mid-grade or something like that, put them in into? Oh, man, can you imagine going to Quick Trip and having to pick up like a pack of weed, like a, a, a box of joints or something to pick out? Oh, <laughs> it's like, all right, do I want marble, camel, Decade, uh, definitely not decade weed. <laughs> That's definitely some Reggie Bush right there. <laughs> On a positive note, all their cancer lawsuits will go down. <laughs> yep, that is true. It's like, oh, they're going to get a lot of weird tweets, though. They're going to be like, hey, Marble, I can't drive my car. I'm too high. I what should I do? <laughs> Where is my car gone? Where should I do? <laughs> it's like, I'm missing my keys. Wait a minute, my keys are in my hand. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to have some kind of, like, designated weed friend or something? Like, whenever you're on weed, they come over and find your keys for you, like a designated driver drives you whenever you're drunk? Oh, that would be a great app. Just, like, like I want – let's see. I can't find my keys. I'm going to call a guy. It would be, like, keysfinder.com. The app is available now on iTunes and Google Play. <laughs> I'd actually be really curious to see how things like uh, DoorDash and whatnot do in a state where weed suddenly becomes legal. Like, I'd like to see how the food. Uh, oh shit, we about to profit like a motherfucker. That, that's what I would think. You would think people would just be rushing to invest. There's gonna be a lot of Taco Bell trips, though. Oh man, Taco Bell stock. I mean, I'd, I'd invest in a Netflix stock because Netflix. Oh and my chill gosh. Gonna, and Netflix and chills already the only thing to do in Missouri half the time. Yeah, well, Missouri's in the winter states. We kind of go into hibernation, but then when the time comes. We break out of it. We begin again. We just start figuring out new settlements, grain pastures. And I realize how bad this really sounds when I think about it now. Let's go ahead and reflect on that. Okay, anyway. So. <laughs> Deep reflections. <laughs> I know people are going to be like, what the hell is this podcast? <laughs> Uh, I think it's uh, pretty much anything we want to make it about, isn't it? Yes, pretty much. Like, this has been very special for a lot of people. <laughs> so, um, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I got something that's on my mind. Okay. And I want to bounce this idea off of you. Okay. Okay, so I was thinking for this podcast – We do a weekly review together. Would you be up for that? I would be perfectly accept- amenable to that. So we do it on like Sundays or something like that? Sundays would be optimal. Fantastic. 
Yeah, we can definitely uh, figure out something. I would actually uh, like to come on more. This has been a good time. I like talking about topical stuff. I mean, being in a bookstore for eight years of my life, that was generally every conversation I had with customers was something topical, and I really enjoy it, and this has been a good outlet for that. It's uh, been really fun to bounce things back and forth with you. Oh, fantastic, because, I mean, shoot, the one thing I like about this, like, right now, I mean, is the Delivery Bros brand or whatever, but we also want to kind of, you know, bring different minds and different types of concepts, whether it's businessmen, women, or comedians, local MCs or singers or whatever. We want to make this an open platform for anybody to come to the table. Like, and plus, one thing I can say is you are a very interesting man. I've met your wife. She's a very interesting woman. Well, fiance, technically. <laughs> but pretty much your wife. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, so y'all I been mean, together forever now. So it's just like... So. I honestly don't make the distinction anymore about the only people that make the distinction anymore are the government for tax purposes. Pretty much. I mean, should, at, this point, at this point, you're common law married. <laughs> we, we, we borderline on it. If we had actually fully lived together our entire relationship, I think we'd be on the verge of it at this point. Well, sometimes a little magic takes a little bit of time. It's just how it is. And, you know, whenever you're friends this long, it's how a relationship grows. You know, you know, people who rush things are just too eager to get to the end. And it's always about the journey that's more fun. Oh, no. In this day and age, everybody's trying to get to the sack. <laughs> right. That, that is about the rush, isn't it? That's the uh, end game. Everybody wants a reward. I mean, we could bring it back around to video games and mm -hmm. DLC and instant, you know, gratification. Everybody yeah. wants to, you know, be level 90 immediately. So, level 90 in the sack. <laughs> <laughs> Well, sure. everybody wants to be level 90 in the sack. Most sure. people Some start at level 1. Yeah, a lot of people don't got experience points yet. <laughs> still got oh. that wooden sword. and. <laughs> yeah, they still got the wooden sword, even though they're trying to knock it like they got some steel. Right. But it's like I got a titanium sword. Mm. Okay, first of all, that's one of them little wooden pirate swords you see kids play with. Back in the Aww. day, looking Aww. like the Peter Pan characters. <laughs> that would be... Uh, it's something that would destroy a man's ego is to have some a woman or power man compare his penis to a small child's pirate sword. But it's like, you're so cute. Uh, and that, that kind of implies you have the curve, too, which is not a good thing. I just thought about something like, you compare swords and then the girl goes like, aww, that's a cute little sword. The thing you never want from anything is the aww. The aww is definitely what the, kills the ego. It's like, I don't know what I want to do with that, honey. <laughs> I guess I'll try to work with you. <laughs> Remember, it's not the size of the boat's emotion in the ocean, kids. Yeah, yeah, but it's really hard to cross an ocean with a small boat. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to get to where you're going, you sometimes need the, uh, the appropriate equipment to get there. So um, if you go to AdamandEve.com, <laughs> I'm not even sponsored by them. You probably, there's um, there's pills and pumps for that. Yeah, we, we just encourage anyone, anybody can sexually gratify someone else with the right accoutrements at worst. I mean, we're not saying that you got to be like Mandingo or Ron Jeremy. I, I would never suggest being like either of the two gentlemen because I that that's a that's a bar you just really don't want to set yourself to. And Ron Jeremy is not an attractive man, so the fact that he's up there is just goes to show it's really about a little bit more than just... The hedgehog of love. The hedgehog of love. I like back in the day whenever everybody wanted him to be Mario for a while because the man already looks a lot like Mario. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> that I, I think he's like half Italian, half Jewish, if I'm correct. 
Oh, he very, I mean, that, he sound, that sounds right, but I don't know, and I couldn't ever, like, say I would know without sounding really stereotypical about it, so I don't know. I don't know, like, a lot of people were like, yo, he was a stud back in the day. I, I could believe it, and I mean, I 70s would, beauty aesthetic was definitely different than modern day. I mean, aesthetic. you know, a typical male porn star had, like, an afro and, like, a mustache. It's actually, uh, that, it brings up a really interesting point, actually. we I had this uh, manager. She was an older woman, but very confident, had been a, a store manager for a year. She was very much carried herself. To her, a sex symbol was Burt Reynolds. And even to this day, that was, and I, I always remember, Burt Reynolds was, for his time, a big sex symbol. And he doesn't yeah. look a lot different than the average person we see anywhere. R.I.P. to Burt Reynolds. Uh, R.I.P. to Burt Reynolds being a fantastic man all times, every time. I mean, sure, Burt Reynolds was a man. I mean, sure, even like our generation knew what Burt Reynolds was. Oh, yeah, and he, and he was always good about himself. Uh, another one that always surprises me for being like an old-school sex symbol was um, the man from Quantum Leap. Um, oh, wait a minute. I know who you're talking about. I, I used to watch Quantum Leap. I his name, and I shouldn't because I absolutely love him. And Always Sunny had a fantastic episode with him in it, which was just one of the best episodes of Always Sunny, which if anybody has not seen Always Sunny, we're not sponsored by Always Sunny, but go watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It is one of the best shows on TV. My favorite sex symbol of the 70s, though, was Pam Greer. Oh, like, I grew yeah. up with black exploitation movies and stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, who didn't? I mean, yeah. yeah. So, like, Pam Greer is definitely in my like, top tier. Like, everybody wanted Pam Greer. Like, oh, I could definitely see that. Um, I mean, she was, like, black, Italian, and a whole bunch of mixes and stuff like that. You just had this beautiful, curvy sister with an attitude, sexy afro, and would cut somebody's dick off in a 70s movie, and it'd be freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, interestingly enough, throughout all the 90s, I found a lot of uh, black women sex symbols throughout all kinds of sitcoms. Oh, yes. Things. I mean, you could go from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air all the way to, I mean, to any of them. I mean, in Living Color, there was just, they were everywhere yes. at that time on the TV. So I mean, yeah, like, to have an ethnic girl that was a sex symbol was awesome. Um, he just got a patron in. Um, it looks like business is about to boom. And um, about to zoom. I, I don't know. That was so terrible. You got to go take care of him. I actually really like that rhyming. Uh, yeah, I, I will go take care of him. Do you want to go ahead and call it a day for now? Yeah, we can go ahead and call it here. Excellent, excellent. I think we got about a good hour and 24 minutes, so I think we've had a good chunk right here. I think that's a pretty solid podcast, and since we'll be doing this weekly, we can always come back and finish it up, up the conversations later. Oh, yeah. Um, look out for the next episode, guys. Um, we're going to call this episode, um, let's see, what should we call this episode? What do you think? Uh, build up inaugural episode? I have no idea. I got it. I got it. The weekly build up with build up. That works great for me. That sounds fantastic. With Jared. And Jared, I'm going to have to get your last name spelled. I don't know. How to spell oh, yeah. Your last uh, name. My last name is Wisnan, W H I S E N A N D. Don't bother ever trying to pronounce it. I don't. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get your last name <laughs> so I can title this episode. But yes, welcome to the weekly build up. <laughs> With Anthony and Jared. And hopefully next time we'll have more, maybe more pertinent to our business, but I actually just love shooting the shit with everyone, so. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, shout out to my brother, DeLorean. He's working hard right now. He started a new job, <laughs> so he wasn't able to be with us, and his lady just started a new job, too. So shout out to her as well. Very much so to both of them. So other than that, we'll catch you next time. And um, with that, this is Anthony Anthem, a.k.a. the... Um, the Trap King. I'm just kidding. AKA, AKA Black Fabio. AKA Sexual Chocolate. AKA, are we out? So with that, good night. Yeah, I'm just playing.